you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Sam Mickey. He's from socialbluebook.com, which helps creators turn their passion into a career and monetize, work with brands. We're going to get into that in a sec, but welcome to the show, Sam. Thanks, Chris. Pumped to be here. I'm excited to chat with you today. Um, they're, I call them education entrepreneurs, these people that have an expertise, they teach online, uh, whether that's in courses or membership sites, and they end up uh, you know, needing to do a lot of marketing. Uh, they often have their own brands and you know, YouTube channels, Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts, podcasts, things to kind of generate leads at the top of the funnel. Um, but many people, especially if what they teach is you know, kind of in the physical world, whether it's in health and wellness or fitness or in some kind of business context or uh, in, in some kind of hobby niche, they're, they're often working with other brands' things. Um, tell us about monetization, uh, like how there might be this hidden opportunity to also uh, make money in a certain way by working with a brand that repeatedly shows up in their content. Yeah. So what I can say is, is that <clears throat> from working with Social Blue Book over the years, and, and I actually helped co-found the company back in 2014. Uh, what I can say is we've worked with hundreds of thousands of, of content creators uh, since, we've, since we've been in business. And there are ways to make money as a content creator through like, say, take platform, you know, a platform like YouTube where you can generate AdSense revenue or you can create a Patreon. And you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of different ways um, and all the platforms are looking for ways to be able to put money in the pockets of content creators because they know that's how they can make their platform more sticky because it's, it's really like the real currency is time and where a creator is going to be spending their time. Is it going to be on YouTube? Is it going to be on TikTok? Is it going to be on Instagram? Um, and so all these platforms want to incentivize creators to do it. Having said all that, the fastest way to making money for a content creator and the way to make the most money, particularly in the short term, is going to be through brand sponsorships and working with third-party brands who you know, basically want you to promote their products or their services inside of their content. So keeping that in mind, content creators, especially ones that are just starting out, or even if you're you know, already established, be thinking about how do I make myself brand friendly? You know, like what are the types of things that I can do? Uh, with my audience. And it's, it's anything from the basics of like, you know, avoid like cursing and crude language and things like that. But also like, think about how you can organically feature products in your videos. Like if I'm a mommy vlogger and I'm doing laundry today in my vlog, like, is there kind of like an organic plug that I can make for this tied, you know, laundry detergent that I'm using in the course of, of my vlog? Um, and then you know, even from something like that and seeing that like that type of content can be well received by your audience, you could actually take that piece of content. You could go to Tide uh, or go to, you know, somebody uh, in that same vein and say, hey, look at the type of content that I'm producing. 
Um, here's what I can do for you and actually put together a package, put together a pitch for these brands. One of the biggest misconceptions for a lot of creators is that they have to sit around and wait for the brands to reach out to them and to send them an email and say, hey, I watched your content. I really like what you're doing. I really want to sponsor you. No, creators, you are the CEO of your business. And a lot of this is like really understanding like your identity and your mindset starting out. But like you've, by starting this content creator, um, you know, channel uh, or presence, like you have actually started a business. You are an entrepreneur. You are the CEO of this business and you are the domain expert of this business. And you have the ability to play the role of business development, which is reaching out to brands that you feel like are an, an organic and authentic fit into your content. And if, you know, by the way, if you're looking for ideas of what brands to work with, look inside your content, look inside what you're already doing, the products you're already using and featuring. Um, and that's a great place to start. So anyway, I shared a lot there, I, <laughs> uh, but hopefully that was, that was helpful. That, that is, um, I can hear people. I hear the voice of my listener in my head all the time. So, and one of the things that's coming up is, um, how does someone know if they're big enough for this to even matter? Before we hit record, uh, you mentioned this term, uh, micro influencer. Like, how can when is somebody ready for this in terms of reach or size or influence? That's a great question. Um, I think another big misconception. And by the way, yeah, I mean, there, there's kind of like a tiering terminology that, you know, brands will use uh, in a lot of cases to like figure out like, okay, this creator is less than 10,000 subscribers or followers. So they're a nano influencer or a nano creator. And this one's between 10,000 and 50,000 followers. So they're micro. And then this one's, you know, 50,000 to 500,000. So they are mid tier. And then there's macro and there's mega. So the list goes on and on. But um, again, one of the misconceptions is that you have to be of a certain size in order to be meaningful to a brand. But I think a lot of creators miss out on the fact that really what they're able to do for a brand is not just feature their product for their audience, but they actually can offer creative as a service to a brand. Whereas historically, if brands are looking to partner with companies, uh, you know, to create content for them, they go out to an agency. I mean, they're going to pay upwards of, you know, 500 bucks to a thousand dollars to get anything produced. And with a content creator, you can get user generated content, UGC, that is authentic and real. And, you know, like here's a real customer using the product in a live setting. I mean, in, in many cases, you can't get better, you know, marketing uh, and, and better, you know, that, better content than that, um, you know, for a brand uh, to be able to use. And, and that brand can license that content once you've produced it with them. So you have, let's say you have no subscribers and you create this content, you know, this, this UGC for, for the brand, they can then take that, uh, they can run ads against that, they can post it on their website, they can license that IP from you as a content creator. So basically you are like a hired videographer, you know, for this, for this brand. And, and so in, in, in a lot of cases, especially for smaller creators, don't think of yourself as like, oh, I have to be this massive influencer. Think of yourself as like, I can be a video, like a videographer or, you know, freelancer for hire. Uh, I can be a consultant. I can be someone who has very real knowledge and very real experience with using this product 
that probably can be very helpful to the brand that they could use in ads and content on, on their own, you know, properties and IP. How is this different from affiliate marketing? I know that's, that's popular in this, the community here. I think it's more well understood. So what, what, how is this different? So affiliate marketing, typically, uh, you know, you are promoting a product or service. And then if you generate sales, there's some kind of commission that's paid to you on the back end. Honestly, what we're seeing is kind of like that world coming together with this influencer, more traditional influencer marketing world uh, of, of kind of where we grew up. And where we grew up is where a brand would hire a content creator to produce a piece of you know, video content for them or picture content for them or whatever it may be. And then they would there'd be an agreed upon flat fee rate for producing that content. So, you know, Chris... I want you to make this, you know, sponsored video for me. And for doing this little shout out, I'm going to pay you 1500 bucks based on, you know, basically your level of influence as, you know, a YouTuber or something like that. Um, but now what we're seeing actually is a lot of brands, they had it, they, they had, you know, their affiliate team, which kind of was the, um, kind of that more traditional model where they worked with bloggers and some of like the, like kind of the first, the first level of, of creators that kind of came about, you know, uh, as a result of, you know, the internet boom and everything. Um, and, and now, you know, and, and, and they kind of like shot up with these uh, kind of exploratory groups within the brand where it's like, okay, let's, let's test out some YouTubers. Let's test out some Instagrammers and TikTokers. But now we're seeing those two worlds kind of blend together. And you might even have a deal where, a brand will approach you. In fact, I was, uh, I had reached out to a creator about, you know, um, a particular deal uh, a month or two ago where it was like, Hey, here's a flat fee. And I know it's a little bit lower than the flat fee than you usually take as a content creator, but there's also an affiliate or backend ups, you know, commission upside for you as well. If you're able to generate sales based off of that. And then if it does go well between those two things that should, you know, make you whole, which is closer to that, you know, flat fee amount that, uh, that you're, no, you know, you're normally used to getting, used to getting paid. And so as, as a creator, you know, you want to look at these deals, um, individually and you want to see like, okay, like, what do I think that I'm really capable of doing, um, you know, on, in this particular sponsorship. And if there is, uh, you know, an affiliate component to the deal, in addition to flat fee, um, is that enough to, to make me whole or like, do I know that this, this type of sponsorship will go well enough that I, I actually can do the hunt, you know, the whole deal hundred percent on affiliate and come out better than if it was a negotiated flat fee too. Um, so as a creator, it's about understanding your audience, understanding, you know, the power of the influence that you have with that audience. Um, and, you know, trying to, uh, as all of us are doing with our individual businesses, trying to, trying to maximize income. That's awesome. Let's inspire the people a little bit. I don't know if you can, mention specific brands or, um, or even just some category ideas, but on your site, I'm on socialbluebook.com. We've got beauty, fashion, sports, health, wealth, relationships, entertainment. What are some types of products that people may not realize that are out there actively looking for to sponsor? It's honestly, it's all across the board. Um, I mean, I would say, I mean, in, in makeup and cosmetics, it's huge, right? And, and, and 
I would think of it through the lens of like, what are the types of products that will sell better if an audience can see how it works and can see how well it works, right? That's why something like makeup and cosmetics like really sells because the content creator can get on there, get behind their camera and they can show them, hey, like here's the difference that this lipstick can make or this eyeliner or, or, or whatever it is. And it's not overly produced like a commercial. It's like, this is the real deal. Camera's on. Yeah. 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 No. And that, and that's what, that's why I think so many people are drawn to influencers as, um, as, as, as a way to be advertised to nowadays. Right. It's, it's more authentic than seeing Matthew McConaughey drive uh, a Lincoln and thinking like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I need to go out and get a Lincoln now. Right. Um, But when you are able to watch a YouTube channel, you know, your favorite YouTuber who is showing you kind of day in, day out, how they live their lives and the products and the services that they use that improve their lives, there's just a level of authenticity and trust that's built there that uh, the audience can relate with. And when they see that type of, you know, um, UGC, right, you know, the, the creator actually utilizing that product in real time and in real life, then, then that can be a real difference maker for, for people and really influence a purchasing decision. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, go back to the example you gave earlier, of like vacuums, right? I mean, being able to see like how well a vacuum works. Uh, and have that be recommended by, you know, your favorite, uh, you know, mommy, mommy YouTuber that you watch daily. Uh, that's impactful. It really is. Well, you mentioned uh, mommy, like a mommy blogger, YouTuber, um, makeup. Uh, sometimes this, it just on the surface, it feels like a young person's game in terms of that. But I imagine that's not actually accurate. Like there's tons of influencers of all sizes stripes ages everything um could you speak to that like the just the demographics of who this works for i mean it could work for anybody it seems like but it sometimes it seems like this whole influencer thing is like a new youtuber younger thing but what what are your thoughts around that well i would say um if you're listening to this uh quickly change your viewpoint on that uh it's it's all evolving very very quickly uh, one of the fastest demographics on YouTube, growing demographics on YouTube is 35 to 55. Awesome. <laughs> so keep, keep, keep that in mind. And uh, we had a customer on our site. It was a couple in their 70s. And they were starting a YouTube channel to talk about healthy and sustainable eating, right? And what it means to like have a healthy diet for somebody in, you know, in their eighties. And, and that's the type of content that they wanted to share with their audience. And I know they had North of a thousand subscribers. Um, I don't remember exactly what the, the total was, but I mean, you could reach a, a thousand people, you know, with, with, with that content. I mean, that's, that's powerful. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's reaching a demographic of people that is not the, you know, the teenagers who dream of, you know, fame and dollars and, you know, all that, all, all like the really attractive, you know, things that, you know, as a young kid, you're like, oh, like, you know, it seems it's really shiny to, to, to want to be, you know, an influencer or a creator, right. To be super popular and to have a, a Lamborghini and, and all these types of things it is. 
and that's really one of the things that as a business, like, man, like with social blue book, like if we're talking about the why of like, why we started this business, it's, it's because we believe that being a content creator is a viable career path. It's a very real career path for many people. And that more people this year than ever before will actually get the thought in their minds that, you know what? I actually like, I have a need to create. I have a unique voice and a story that I want to share. And I'm going to try my hand at sharing that and doing that through, you know, whichever platform or platforms that they, that they choose to do that. Um, more people than ever before will make that decision this year to start up that side hustle uh, or to make the leap to try and make this uh, a full-time business. And, you know, we want to be around, we want to be the, the platform, the resource, the offering uh, that's going to really empower those, those creators to, to become professional creators, right? What's the elevator pitch of Social Blue Book? Like if somebody, if you're in a, you come into a room of creators and they never yeah. heard of, um, of, of influencer marketing or whatever, like what, do you, what is it that you do? How do you help people understand Social Blue Book? Yeah, well, the cool thing is, is right now we're really kind of redefining um, our brand and, and really what we feel like the next phase of our offering is. If you look at our website today, it's, it's very much around like, you know, as a content creator, you need to know what you're worth and you need to know what you're worth because if you're going to work with brands, then you've got to have some kind of baseline to negotiate with them to figure out how to make money working with brands and, you know, maximize your income with brand sponsorships. And we're going to, you know, we're going to provide the tools and the resources you need to be able to do that. That's, that's the elevator pitch for, for social Bluebook today. But where I really feel like it needs to be um, and, and what, I, what I feel like is really kind of like a resurfacing of our original why is I would walk into the room and I would say, hey, we build professional creators. So if you are just starting out, if you are you know, midway through your journey and you have an established audience and you're looking for brands, if you are a millionaire and you're now looking to launch business, you know, new businesses, you're launching, you're looking to, to co-partner with brands and launch product lines. You're looking for investment, uh, you know, into your content creator business from legitimate, like institutional investors. Um, no matter where you are on your journey, we have a place for you to be a professional content creator. And we have the education, we have the resources, we have the community, and we have the tools that are going to get you there, that are going to verify and validate you as a as a professional creator. Um, and, and that's really where that's really where the brand I think is evolving to. And we've got some really uh, kind of important strategic milestones over the next six months that um, are going to you know do a, do a better job of telling that story. I love that angle, um, kind of like the turning pro angle like you're you're moving you're making content let's turn pro and we'll help you get there that's awesome what um yeah what do you have in your academy so you create an academy you've got courses what's in there yeah what i would say is it look at that as like the beta for where we're going um and that is we want to provide the educational curriculum for people to become professional creators so that's what the academy is all about 
And what you'll find in there right now is, uh, you know, are a number of different courses. Our most popular is one called the Brand Deal Accelerator, which basically soup to nuts will teach a creator, look, here's the types of brand sponsorships that you can do on platforms like YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Here are a list of, uh, of, of influencer marketplaces that you can go to right now and start pitching yourself for brand deal opportunities. And we actually provide some example videos of walking through one, one of the marketplaces in particular and like showcasing how to you know, properly position yourself. Or if you want to go out and start you know, making a list of brands that are currently uh, you know, paying creators and figure out who those brands are, here are some tactics. You know, the next module focuses on tactics that you can use through like searching through hashtags on YouTube and Instagram to find brands who are currently paying creators. Uh, we also teach you how to put together a, a, you know, basically a target list of the brands that you want to go after. And, you know, and we provide templates for, uh, yeah, um, you know, for, for ways to real, to be able to, you know, do that initial outreach and pitch them on your ideas and what you can do for them. And then we provide some negotiation uh, tactics that you can use and like in what scenarios you might want to consider like settling for a lower rate. Um, but also in other scenarios, how you could package together, not just your YouTube, but also, you know, package together your Instagram and your Twitter all together into kind of a bundle that you then sell at a higher value to, uh, to a brand. So there's a lot of like good tactics and things, but it's all really kind of brand sponsorship focused. But then we've got other content in there that's, you know, uh, the road to a thousand subscribers, right? And, and that one's actually a recorded live stream that we did with one of our YouTube coaches where he talks about just like, here are the steps that you can take to get to a thousand subscribers. Um, you know, we've got a course in there that's all around optimizing your Instagram and, and really like, you know, if you have an existing Instagram, how to go in there and, and you know, essentially do some house cleaning and make sure that everything is, is up to snuff and, and looking professional and that type of thing. So throughout all of this content, no matter what it is, um, it should be focused on really kind of one thing in general, which is, we're helping you to become more professional than you were yesterday or, you know, whatever. That's awesome. Is there any advice you have around uh, like disclosing that you're sponsored or whatever? How does that work? Cause I see some YouTube videos where people are like, this video is brought to you by XYZ company or, and maybe they actually do a demo of it somewhere in the video. And then sometimes maybe it's a little more just natural and it's in there and you don't even realize it's sponsored. Like how does someone think about that? What, what are we supposed to do if we have a, a brand deal when we're making content in terms of disclosing? Yeah. Right. So legally, you have to disclose, period. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Uh, well, even that's good. It's black in, and white. Like, that's what you're supposed right. to do. Okay. Yeah. E even in the world of affiliate marketing, I mean, you need to disclose like, hey, like I'm sharing links that you yeah. know, are affiliate links. Um, and, and, and this is all managed by the Federal Trade Commission, uh, the mm -hmm. FTC. So, um, you know, maybe there's not as strict guidelines or laws for certain creators located outside the United States. But if you're in the United States, I mean, heck, if you're in North America, uh, there are laws around, you know, making sure that you disclose that this video was sponsored by a particular brand. And in a lot of cases, especially for the brands that are super savvy at this, I mean, the way that they structure these deals with creators is really kind of so transactional that it's like, hey, within the first third of your video, you're going to do a 60 second shout out about my product. And it's going to be just like 
we would see on the radio where it's like, hey guys, today's, you know, Howard Stern, like today's show is brought to you by Coca-Cola or, you know, whatever the brand, whoever the brand is. And then he'll spend, you know, probably 10, 20 seconds talking about the brand. And then it's like, boom, right back into the show. Well, a lot of these brands uh, in, in really kind of like a direct response type marketing format where it's very transactional and basically the brands have kind of done the, the mental math in the background where it's like, I know if this creator can generate a certain number of views on the video, that that's going to translate to a you know, particular number of sales uh, you know, or downloads or whatever it is that the, the KPI that the brand's looking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, they basically structure the deal with the creator where it's like at a, you know, a certain part of the video, you're going to do this 60 second shout out. You're going to hit on all the talking points. Um, and it's going to be a very clear disclosure. They're like, Hey, this is, this is an advertisement, right? Um, now there might be other, other scenarios where maybe it's like a little bit more organic. Like you go back to the, the mommy blogger who's you know doing laundry and, um, you know, but she should definitely disclose, Hey guys, like today's episode was actually sponsored by Tide, but let me tell you why Tide is the best. Right. Yeah. And as long as the creator can say that, can say that in their organic voice, then it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. Now, I think there probably is a certain limit to where like your audience is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I feel like I'm really being sold like left and right on all sorts of things. And they can tell whether you authentically believe in this product or not. So be careful about, you know, the types of brands that you promote and potentially even like how often you're promoting brands. But I have a buddy who runs a, a YouTube channel called New Rockstars. Uh, and they do, they review like Marvel content um, and, you know, talk about like the hidden Easter eggs and things that, that you missed, you know, while watching the movie and, and that type of stuff. And they have a sponsored segment in every single video that they upload. Uh, and they upload like 30 to 40 videos a month. I mean, you know, pretty much one a day, uh, if not more. And they're, you know, the, the audience is conditioned into knowing like, hey, like if, if I want this great content, yeah, there's going to be a, you know, 45, 60 second segment where they talk about a product. And hopefully, again, that product is, you know, authentic and, and makes sense for the, the channel itself. But the audience kind of expects it, you know, after a while. That's awesome. You anticipated, anticipated my next question, which is around how somebody can do it without feeling like they're selling out or being overly promotional. But it's uh, you mentioned like, okay, well, does this person actually use this product or care about it? Don't do it too often. Any other tips around, uh, you know, not hurting their brand by being overly salesy or inauthentic or something like that? I mean, I think for the purposes of this discussion, like what we've talked about already, I think probably are the, the, the primary things, right? I mean, as a creator, you just, you want to stay true to your story uh, and, and your why, and that's true of the content you create. It's true of the brands that you work with. Um, so if whatever it is you're doing to, to promote a brand or something takes you off that path, then really, you know, reconsider that. But the, you know, the obvious thing is, is that your audience will, will tell you, and you'll see it in the comments, right? I mean, yeah. you'll know like, uh, what the audience thinks about it and how they receive it and, and whatnot. So as long as you're staying true to that, then I think you're, you're pretty safe, but Hey, nobody's perfect. And, you know, there's, there's going to be a hater at some point, you know? Um, mm. And of course, dealing with that, you know, that may be related to brand sponsorship, maybe related to, to something else too, is, is kind of a different, 
different topic of discussion, but, uh, you know, stay true to you because that's why these people are watching you. They're, they're watching you for you. Um, and that's, that's really critical. Quick micro question. I forgot to ask you if we're doing an Instagram or a picture, how do we disclose in the picture? Is it just in the text beside it? Yeah, just in the, descri- in, in the description below. Yep, exactly. So a lot of people use, um, you know, hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, uh, those types of disclosures. Um, but I mean, you know, sometimes you'll read these Instagram descriptions. I mean, it's like it uses up the entire, <laughs> the entire text box. And then they also go into the comments and they're, you know, they've got like a comment or two that is like the rest of their, you know, the, the description for what they're, what they're saying. Um, and, and a lot of people are like, they'll post a picture, but they're telling a story with the picture. Think about how you might be able to organically promote a brand within a story that you're telling on that photo. It might land better. It, it might be better received by, by your audience rather than just like, hey, 15% off this hair product, you know, hashtag ad, and, and that's your description, right? I mean, that's, that's very salesy. I mean, that's, that's probably not something that's going to be received as well by, by your audience. You mentioned KPIs and um, a question I have is would, would brand, are brands still interested for more top of the funnel content? Like what if I can't guarantee that, you know, they're definitely going to be able to track without a shadow of a doubt that that, you know, purchase came from my influencer content. Um, you know, there's that saying in sales or marketing that, you know, oftentimes people have to touch a brand seven times before they buy Are brands open to like, a little bit of the mystery of it all, or is it always this like clear KPI trackable metrics scenario where they can really clearly see their ROI or is it a little fuzzy sometimes? Gosh, it's, it's really all across the board. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if, if, if I didn't say that it still feels like the wild, wild West with, <laughs> with all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in a lot of cases with traditional advertising, like you're going to throw your, you know, this amount of budget at, billboards and you're going to throw this amount of budget at radio and this amount of budget at television. And in many cases, you're not really sure what that, what that did for you, you know, what the lift was there. And the really cool thing about social media and uh, you know, Google AdWords and the evolution of, of all of this technology is that you actually can get a much better representation of exactly what was the return on, on what my ad spend was. Um, and so as a brand, in many cases, especially if you're like, if you're a smaller and medium-sized brand, you're going to care about the results much more than if you're Procter and Gamble and, you know, let's say you're tied, right? In, 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 and that's not to say that they're always going to be that way because they, I think even some of those brands are getting more savvy but there's a certain level of just brand awareness that those guys are always, you know, trying to maintain. And, you know, it's like, you know, tied to seeing, Oh, what's gain doing. Right. And like, and they want to, you know, they always want to make sure that they, they match up with those guys. Um, but again, that's, that's, you know, at, at the much larger brand level, uh, the small medium sized businesses are going to be more interested in like, what did you actually do for me? Um, you know, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Creator. And in a lot of cases, they will give you tracking links to be able to, to track performance. But 
any savvy, savvy marketer needs to understand that just because I give a tracking link doesn't mean that it's going to get me, you know, 100% of the results that that person, you know, drove for me. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of like ambiguity in, in, you know, paid advertising right now with, with Facebook, um, and even Google AdWords too, with like the updates with iOS 14, where Apple is, is now giving the consumer the ability to decide, you know, can this app track me or not, right? So um, I think some of that actually might push its hand a little bit more to working with influencers because, you know, you can give them that unique tracking link and, and maybe there is a little bit more accuracy there. But um, yeah, I mean, as a marketer, you're, you're never going to get 100% of, you know, of, of the results, uh, you know, because there is like, there's, you know, oh, well, it took multiple touch points to get to this person. Or it's just like, well, hey, they didn't even click on the tracking link. They just immediately went to their URL bar and typed in the name of that company and, and whatever. But, you know, you might be able to holistically look at the results and say, like, this video went live today or these series of videos went live today. What was the lift that I saw in sales today? Right. I mean, that might be a better way to look at it. I think I heard somewhere that like becoming a YouTuber is is like the most popular career that kids these days want to want to do when they grow up or whatever. And whether yep. you're a young adult or an adult adult who's has a passion and is just getting started, how does someone what advice do you have for someone who's trying to bridge that delta? They they're, they're going to focus in on whatever their passion is. Maybe it's cryptocurrency, maybe it's men's fashion, maybe it's uh, some kind of, uh, uh, exercise niche or something like that. How do they go from like, all right, I'm, I have a passion with no following to getting that following where brands are interested and maybe where they have enough traction that they could create, um, courses and things like that. I mean, that's kind of my world, but how do they go from being a nobody to being of interest to the brand to go from zero to nano using your words? <laughs> Nano influencer. I, I could probably answer that in one word. Okay. Perseverance. All right. How long? <laughs> Just straight <laughs> up, straight up perseverance. I mean, you need to be looking not in terms of days, yeah. not in terms of weeks, not in terms of months. You need to be looking at terms of years. Yeah. Uh, and your ability to really stay true to your why and your passion you know, for, for why you're doing this and, and why you're making this content and your ability to be consistent and to listen, right? Listen to your audience, listen to what they want. Uh, as, as a creator, sometimes it might be easy to be like, well, I just want to do what I want to do. But once you've put yourself out there and once you have, you start to build an audience, you've got to listen to what that audience wants. Because that audience is the key to you becoming a more successful YouTuber, a more successful TikToker, Instagrammer. Um, they're going to give you the answers to the test and tell you, hey, make more of this type of content. Or, sorry, today's video really didn't hit home with me, right? Or I didn't like how you said this. And, you know, that's a whole nother challenge of dealing with negativity and, and, and that type of thing. And um, but as a, as a content creator, like do yourself a favor and engage and interact with your audience and figure out how, what's the fastest way that you can build to a thousand super fans. If you can get to a thousand super fans, 
you can make this a full-time career. So set a goal. I mean, you know, in a lot of cases for, for creators, that are just starting out, like understand, like, like understand your identity. Like you are like, this is really awesome. What you're, uh, what you're embarking on and you are really a, uh, you're a business owner. You're, you're a CEO, you're an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you, you have incredible passion for what you're doing and there are unbelievable opportunities available to you. If you stick to that, why, and everything that you do is around that, why you listen to your audience and you remain consistent. And I had somebody tell me, and this is actually, in, you know, for the purposes of like uh, sticking with the social blue book business, um, because I mean, it, you know, we're seven years in, in the making and, you know, again, like, I mean, it's, it's been ups and downs and, you know, I've got some bumps and bruises and scars to, to be able to prove, prove, uh, you know, that, that, that I've been around as long as I have. And, um, you know, I was just talking with a guy one day and, and he said, you know, Sam, the only way, and he was actually talking more about broadly about LA, but, you know, we, it, you know, in the context of, of social blue book and, and the success of, it, and he goes, the only way to make it in this town, you know, talking about LA, the only way to make it this in this town is just to survive. Right. And there's a certain element to that, right? It's like, it's the perseverance and being consistent for long enough that people finally come around and they realize like, this person is legit and they really know what they're doing. They really know what they're talking about. Now you might have the overnight success here and there, but you know, far more often it's going to be just like sticking to that. Why listening to your audience, remaining consistent and eventually uh, you'll get there. You will. That's awesome. Uh, last tactical question for you. Um, some products are expensive, you know, like a car. Some things are cheap, like some laundry detergent. So like a breadth and depth kind of question. Is it, is it like a mix or like you want to go after a, an expensive thing or is it, is it as a creator, is it better to like really focus in and try to do work really well with one brand or is it better to just have that portfolio of brands or is there like no right answer in terms of the sweet spot? Yeah. I mean, like many other questions, it depends. Um, yeah. So it, it depends on the creator. It depends on the content that they, that they make. Uh, speaking somewhat generally, if you can focus on fewer brands, and building long-term partnerships with them, you'll be better off as a creator. Um, your head will be less likely to explode. <laughs> I'll, put it, I'll put it that way. If you are living paycheck to paycheck, meaning living brand deal to brand deal, going, you know, you've got one, a one-off brand that you've worked with here, a one-off brand you've worked with here and here, that's a lot of work. I mean, you got to build relationships with a lot of, of, of new people, which it's not bad to build relationships, but if it's just a transactional one-off type thing, um, you may not actually be working with the right brands. Like your audience may not be receptive to those types of brands, but if you can work with a brand consistently and you can sell them on doing five videos together, as opposed to one video and make it a five month deal instead of a, you know, a one week deal, then it's going to be better for everybody involved. I love that. That's Sam Mickey from Social Blue Book. That's socialbluebook.com. 
I highly recommend you go check that out. This could be like a total untapped revenue source for you course creator and coaches out there. You get really focused on your courses and your academy and your coaching. But what about all the products you're constantly using in all your videos? There's additional revenue opportunity here. And um, if you're just starting out on your journey, this is a great way to get monetization flowing. Any final words for the people, Sam, and how else can they find you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, follow us on, uh, you know, check us out on social blue book. We're on all the, uh, uh, all the social platforms under, under social blue book. So you can, you can find us there. Um, as far as final words, I mean, I just, I don't want to, throughout the course of this thing, I don't want to sound too much like Tony Robbins or, like Gary <laughs> Bee or some, something like that, but I, I kind of have that, have a little bit of an element, uh, you know, to my personality that, that, you know, wants to kind of like, just, just share it, just share it with everybody. But, um, you know, I just like, I respect everything that you guys are doing in terms of, of building these courses and putting yourself out there. And each of you have a unique voice and a unique story to tell. Um, utilize the power of these social platforms that are out there. Also utilize the power of owning your audience yourself. So, you know, building your own email list and owning that, you know, building your own SMS or text, you know, text message list. Um you know, uh, and, uh, I mean, I guess like just understand like, like who you like your identity, like you are like the CEO of your business, you are, um, you know, an entrepreneur and there are limitless opportunities for you to be able to build your business and find, you know, amazing heights of, of success, uh, you know, for, for, for those that are really focused on doing that on social media, we'd love to be able to play a role and, and help you to be able to, to, to get there. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just wish everybody the best, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time and the sky is the limit for, for people looking to build their presence online and, and, you know, launch new businesses and opportunities. I mean, it's just, it, it's an amazing time. Sam, thanks for coming on the show and opening up our eyes to this world of of working with brands. I really appreciate it. You've added a ton of value today and thank you so much. Cool. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.